thanks for having me. Yeah, so the SKA project is um, a global project. It has 16 participating countries. We have it's an intergovernmental organisation now, and we have eight member states, uh, including importantly South Africa as one of the three hosting countries, alongside Australia and the United Kingdom. Um, and SKA is a project that began in the mid 90s with an initial science concept. It, it, it was a group of astronomers, again from around the world actually, um, that were thinking about what, um, what science they wanted to do in the future and then what kind of facility and what kind of telescope, radio telescope, would be needed to do the science that they wanted to do. And um, apocryphally this took place at a conference in a bar after a day's meeting that they started talking about this and you know from that initial uh, seed uh, and that that thought about a science uh, question uh, everything that we now see has come from that point and what we've seen in in the time since the 1990s is collaboration between a huge number of countries and a huge number of individuals in those countries around science we've had collaboration around engineering and we've also had collaboration amongst governments as well. And, and that's the thing which has led to us uh, having this intergovernmental organisation that we've now got. And it's, yeah, it, it, it's a, a fundamentally interesting and important uh, thing. There, there aren't many international organisations in science, um, and there's basically only two uh, in astronomy. And we're, we're now the second and uh, youngest. One of the things that uh, we've been focusing on is science communication. Yep. Right, and a lot of people want to hear what the SKA project is about. Are we looking at uh, the sky? Is there any threat coming from the sky? When you're talking about radio telescopes, like okay, are we, are we measuring radio frequencies for what use? You know, sure. that's that's the question, really. Yeah. So when we go out uh, in our back gardens or out to the countryside and we look up at the night sky, we're looking at it with visual light. Our eyes see visual light, and that's just one part of the way that we can look at the universe. We can look at different, in different ways. We could look through infrared instruments and telescopes and cameras. We could look with uh, ultraviolet cameras and, and they, they make us see the universe in slightly different ways. Radio telescopes, as the name suggests, uses uh, basically antennas or aerials listening to radio waves from the sky. And the, the, way, the way that works is basically like your car radio works. It's a, an aerial that's listening to signals, except instead of listening to radio stations like your car does, uh, what we have here is something which is designed specifically to listen to the radio waves that are coming from our own galaxy, our own solar system, and then further out in the universe to other galaxies as far back as we can see. And basically that's what we want to try and do. We want to build a telescope or in fact two telescopes, one here in South Africa and one in Australia, which would be able to look back about as far as it's physically possible to do, back in time. Almost, but not quite, to the time of the Big Bang, the very earliest times in the universe. And then we can look at how things have changed. We can look at the way the universe has changed from that time to what we see now. We can look at how stars and galaxies are born, how they die, what happens in between, um, and understand our place in the universe, and also as a bonus, but a really important, interesting thing, potentially find out if there's life elsewhere in the universe. This thing's like a giant listening device to potentially, hopefully, maybe not hopefully, I don't know, uh, you know, learn, learn whether there's some other intelligent life out there in the universe as well. Dr. Simon Berry, in terms of what um, will be of benefit, yes, I mean, for, for scientists and to, to kind of like 
know what's going on in, 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 in other spaces as well is quite important. Yeah. But how will South Africans, how will other countries, I mean, we've got eight countries involved, how will their countries benefit besides yeah. the scientists in making, making huge discoveries about the world and the universe we live in? In 2015, we started negotiating a convention, and that was signed in 2019, and South Africa is one of the most you know, important drivers in, in that process of the international negotiations. And our convention talks about establishing a collaboration in science. That's actually what it says. It, it isn't to build a radio telescope, it's to build a collaboration in science, which will then build a, a telescope to do science. And that collaboration is, I think, the most important thing. And in terms of what we get from this organization and this whole global endeavor working, we get the science, yeah, and that, that's a fascinating thing. But also there's a whole load of non-scientific impacts and benefits that come from it. We can see direct economic benefits. We've already spent around about half a billion euros of contracts uh, being awarded around the world, around the members. Um, and so that, you know, that, that, that's money coming to businesses here in South Africa, big businesses. And I think even more importantly, money going to local businesses around the site in the Northern Cape. So there's a whole kind of chain of activity economically that comes from this, which causes jobs to be created. Uh, in various ways through the organization, but even more, uh, even more so with investment from the Department of Science and Innovation. There's a whole range of programs around SKA and around the activities of the Meerkat Telescope, which has already been built by the South African government. Um, a whole range of activities which are uh, designed to train people, apprenticeships, you know, get, getting, give, giving you know, people that wouldn't necessarily have a chance of getting into this kind of field, getting into engineering, learning a trade in some way, you know, electrical engineering, I don't know, something like that. You know, this project's actually an avenue where this kind of thing can happen as well. And I think another element which is really important here uh, in South Africa, but right across the whole world of SKA, is the fact that an, uh, a science instrument like this and what it can do, the beautiful images it can make and the discoveries it can make and the technologies that come from it, they're all, they're all things which can inspire young people, uh, you know, give them something where you can see, that, that's amazing, I, I want to work on that, right? And, and you know, as a, as a kind of inspiration for people to get into science, mathematics, engineering type subjects, it's a big thing. You know, you can, you, there's a lot of work being done to show how big research infrastructures like SKA actually really do make a difference to you know what, what, what kids do going to school, what they do going to university and that kind of thing. And you know we, we really want we want to make we want to make this something which has a, a massive added value, not just the science, but this sort of whole range of other you know uh, outcomes and, and impacts uh, around around the whole partnership. Well, we're talking about uh, science for social justice, and I think uh, and if development and social development is form part of that, that's quite important as well. Now, is this project benefiting in terms of improving relations amongst, even beyond the eight countries who are directly involved, in terms of what is it doing for diplomacy, what is it doing for international relations? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it is making a difference. It's difficult... I, I think science diplomacy is quite a fashionable thing at the moment. Um, and you're right, you know, in this conference here in Cape Town, there's a lot of talk about the way that uh, participation in science uh, impacts diplomacy. 
and also the other way around, you know, how, how diplomatic and geopolitical things impact science, you know, and, and it seems to me that there is, it's true that there is this common theme of collaboration in science kind of trumping everything else, being more important and, and overriding other considerations. And I think there are plenty of examples of this around the world of research infrastructures generally, but I think in SKA, if you look at the world map of SKA partner countries, it's quite unique. It's really quite unique um, because you've got what you might say are traditional actors in the astronomy world there. Um, you've got a bunch of countries who are not necessarily traditional participants in astronomy in various ways. And you've got South Africa involved in it. And this is a huge thing. It's, this is the first such research infrastructure that the African continent is playing a part in. And it's not just hosting it like a, you know, like a tenant. You know, we're not like a tenant on South African land. You know, South Africa is a member of this thing and it's participating in, in all aspects of it. And, and it's used it as a tool for development of, of people and capacity, as you said a minute ago. But moreover, it is, I think, a unique way of countries which wouldn't necessarily get together and talk being able to do so. You know, and, and the, you know, there, there are plenty of geopolitical tensions around the world in lots of ways. And with this kind of project, you've got an opportunity for people to be in the room, be in the corridors around the room, and that's where stuff happens. And, and sometimes stuff uh, and topics which are not directly about SKA yeah. get talked about. Yeah, well, they, they do, right? And, and, that, and that, that's, you know, that, that's a really important link, I think. And I think, yeah, I think we're making an impact on that as well. Like my question, next question on, on the, the energy demand in terms of yeah. how you're navigating that South Africa is really not in, Northern Cape is not in the island, um, yeah, where yeah, it yeah. is self-sufficient in terms of energy demand as well. How are you navigating that, uh, that space of energy with the challenges that South Africa has? It's a real, yeah, it's a real challenge. And um, something as big as SKA and the computers that go to make, make the thing work, right? It, it, it's... Um, it's, it's a big energy demand and having uh, enough, literally enough electricity to run the whole thing and having it consistently uh, is something that's really important. Um, the way that we're dealing with that, and again, it, it's thanks to really significant investment by South Africa and, and by the other partners as well, is that we've got um, updated infrastructure which has been brought into the site to bring power to the SKA site. And that's important, again, going back to the local impacts, that's something which actually benefits others as well in the area. You know, that, that, that's a, a kind of spin-off benefit from it. But as we're looking ahead, we, we've got a few years before this comes online. What we're planning is to have, uh, as far as we can, an approach which allows environmentally sustainable energy to be the main provider of power to the facility and of course you know that 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 then has an impact on sustainability and, and reliability uh, of the power sources as well and so we're looking at um the potential of, of solar the potential hydrogen you know again that you know hydrogen power is, is a, a really big thing here in southern africa um there's projects going on around what's happening in ska to see how we can tap into that so i suspect by the time we get online in 2029 2030 we'll see that here in south africa ska will be not entirely perfectly green energy powered but there'll be a really substantial part of it which will be using renewable power and that's the way it's got to be mm. you know in, in this day and age um, 
research infrastructures like us, we've got to be seen and our member countries will demand that we're doing our bit to be able to meet the global climate challenge as well. And that's right, so we're, gonna, we're committed to doing that. We are at the World Science Forum stage. What has been your takeout? Maybe in 30 seconds. Uh, I, I think events like this are absolutely amazing to see the diversity of people uh, involved um, from right around the world um, and the diversity of topics and the diversity of backgrounds in, in different projects that, uh, that people bring to this kind of event. But I think, you know, we've already talked about it, the, the, the notion that if... Uh, if you're participating in science as a researcher or as a government official, it doesn't really matter. Um, the really important thing is that what you're doing and the project you're involved in has got to have some social impact as well as scientific um, and that you've got to be doing it in the right way. This idea about social justice uh, and the sort of covenant that we've all got to sign up to about why we're spending public money, in most cases, on doing science. We've got to be able to demonstrate that we're doing things right, you know, inclusively, uh, ensuring that we're behaving appropriately and ethically in what we're doing and we're doing things the right way. And that's the kind of conversation which has been emphasised here. It's also true, you know, I've, I've been in several sessions where there's been a kind of call to action uh, around Africa and Africa's place in the sort of global science world. Um, and, and I think, you know, you can see the optimism here um, from people that, you know, th this, is a, this is a special country here in South Africa, it's a special continent, um, and it's got limitless potential. If we can get, you know, if we can, in science, we can do things which help unlock that, that's great. You have perfectly articulated in terms of where we stand and also the benefits thereof. I'm quite happy about what you have been able to inform us. Let me thank you so much for your time, Dr. Simon Berry. It's really a pleasure. That's a pleasure. Thanks so much indeed.